my partner and I, for example, encourage each other to be really open and honest with each other. And often we speak about things which are not necessarily seen as okay to talk about by couples, like somebody could come past and we might say something about the person in what we observe. It's a beautiful person, you know, X, Y, Z. And we don't hide it from each other because even if you think it, it's already in the field. Welcome to Consciously Speaking, exploring the evolution and revolution. On Consciously Speaking, you'll be introduced to guests from all walks of mindful development. Spark up your spirituality, crank up your consciousness, and mend your mind right here on Consciously Speaking with your host, Michael Neely. Hello, Conscious Explorers. Welcome to your sweet spot for mindful awareness and waking up. I'm your host, Michael Neely, and you're listening to Consciously Speaking. This episode is being brought to you by sponsor and affiliate partner, Touched and Transformed. If you're looking to make a breakthrough in your relationships, your life, your business, take the free Enneagram assessment you'll find on the link at michaelneely.com or on my show notes and get to know your type and see how it stands in the way of your ultimate success. Also, if you're interested in being a sponsor of Consciously Speaking, just drop me a line at admin at michaelneely.com. You can get your message out to thousands of listeners every day. It's a really cost-effective way to reach your target audience, so drop me a line today. And now today's guest is Adele Green. Adele is a transformation specialist and international author with a private practice since 2007. She has twice published and will help you with changes in your life. Adele hosts a chat show called Naked with Adele and has appeared in magazines, on TV, and in radio. She currently resides in Johannesburg, South Africa, but works with clients around the world. You can find out more about her at www.adele-green.com, but we've got her right here right now. So welcome to the show, Adele. Hello, Michael. Thank you for joining me today. And I want to also just say, you know, in our little pre-show chat that we talked about really how to pronounce your name, <laughs> easy for Americans <laughs> to spell as Adele, A-D-E-L-E, but you've got the accent over the E, so it's Adelaide, correct? That's correct. Excellent. And so what I want to know about you besides that piece, which is not in your bio, but what is something else that you would like it if people knew about you that they're not going to find on your website? Ooh, you know, there's a, there's a piece in Eat, Pray, Love where uh, Elizabeth Gilbert says, uh, or, you know, where she explains um, to somebody that she's, either breaking up in a relationship or she is in a relationship and she's starting a new one. And I think that's one of the things that surprised people about me. I have a lot to say about relationships, but for the better part of it, for there's a tiny, tiny, tiny bits in my life where I actually haven't actually been in a relationship with a partner. <laughs> so that comes as a surprise to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. I love that movie, by the way, and Elizabeth Gilbert's wonderful. What is, for you, a conscious lifestyle? I used to think when I was little that there's a little world somewhere out there, because it didn't feel like Earth to me, where we could communicate in the same way that we think. You know, we don't have to speak. And as I was growing up, I realized how much people were saying things that 
wasn't what they were thinking. You know, it wasn't what they meant. And it struck me that we don't really share openly with each other. So I think the first thing that comes to mind for me when we talk about conscious living, it's about how honest we are in what we share and how we share it. Um, because I think ultimately, if we live consciously, we should be able to live completely naked. I mean, proverbial naked in the world where we can just transfer our thoughts. You know, there's no editing process or censoring involved. So for me, it's a, it's about an absolute brutal honesty and authenticity and openness. Um, I think that's the first thing. And then secondly, the awareness of how honest we are because sometimes we think we are but we're not because we're so contaminated um, by what we were taught to believe and we we show up in the way that we think we're supposed to show up not really the way that we are yeah i was having this thought as you were talking about the living naked with our thoughts and, and that if we did communicate with that and i was thinking boy with some of the thoughts i have i'd want to put a fig leaf over my head probably <laughs> You know, and, and and I'm sure we could probably do a whole episode on that because the there are certain things that we have thoughts that pass through that even ourselves we should not give any credence to. There's these I think what the, what do they say? Uh, men think about sex several hundred times a day. You know, I mean, and and I don't know if that's a, a fact or not, but you know these statistics that float around out there. And the thing is, it's like it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And, and in meditation, it's one of the things that I teach is that don't give your thoughts so much meaning. So where's that balance line? Because I also agree with you about the benefit of having that naked truth, but there is this balance between just revealing every thought that we have versus the thoughts that are more valid, let's say, for lack of a better word. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what you're saying is really important because, you know, just if you're a, if you're a man and, it, you know, and you, you think about sex, should you hide it because it's inappropriate? You know, it's how we censor things. So um, we say things because they are relevant or because of the 20 things we can say that we thought about what is the one thing that we do want to say because it's the right thing to say. You know, that's a, that's a whole conversation. But uh, for me, it comes down to it's not about blabbing out everything that you're thinking. It's about um, where we vibrate, um, where we are at, and just being honest about that. If I am a man and and I want and I think about sex, if I say it, you know how will people react? And then being conscious is as much about how we react. So my partner and I, for example, encourage each other to be really open and honest with each other. And often we speak about things which are not necessarily seen as okay to talk about by couples, like somebody could come past and we might say something about the person in what we observe. It's a beautiful person, you know, X, Y, Z. And we don't hide it from each other because even if you think it, it's already in the field. So, and it's going, you're going to create with that energy. So, by saying it, you actually prevent it from creating something else. Am I making sense? Oh, totally. I, I'm with you 100% on this. So for me, um, you know, it's not. And then there's also the scenario of, okay, so if I say this thing, um, am I going to be hurtful? So being kind is also a big part of this, you know, when we want to live consciously. So it's not permission to be 
ruthless or cruel. Um, and we can't ever know what the other person is thinking. And although you can't hurt another person because everybody owns their own emotions, I'm not responsible for somebody else's emotions, um, if there's an intention behind what I say. So if my intention, you know, I, I do have a choice over the intention of what I choose to talk about. Yeah. Um, so that, that's where I stand, in, you know, in this situation. But if you're a person who thinks about something a lot, maybe by saying it, you'll think less about it. You know, give it its airtime, let it do its thing, and then you can move on from there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It lets the air out of the balloon. And I like to practice. I mean, of course, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm sure my listeners do by now that I follow Buddhist philosophy for a way of living. And I practice right speech, and which means all of the elements of that, the timeliness of it and the intention behind it. And so it's a little bit different than just blurting it out, like you said. And it's also good to not hold it in and to not stifle that stuff. I agree with you there as well. And as a matter of fact, my wife and I, share this practice too. And I remember one very specific event and, and you talk about how people's perception, you can't be responsible for how they're going to take it necessarily. But we were getting on a plane to fly somewhere. And I remembered that the, the stewardess who was checking us in at the counter had just a beautiful smile. And I told her that right in front of my wife. So it wasn't like I was flirting or anything, but I could see how someone might take it as such even though that was not the intention with which it was delivered, but just an appreciation of how beautiful her smile was. So there's also that balance. And so when you're coaching people, and especially I'm imagining that you talk about this with Naked with Adele on your show, how do you coach people to find that balance and practice really delivering it in a conscious way? I think the important, the importance is to be in touch with yourself and to know what you feel. Um, as women especially I work a lot with women uh, we are seen to be very emotional <laughs> but emotions aren't exactly the same as feeling so feeling for me when we, I, what I always say to people is when you're in touch with what you're feeling and you can speak from the place of feeling to somebody else you touch on the being of the other person um, rather than just say the words of the message that you want to get across so if I'm going to say something like or um, talk about in a, in, a, in a relationship like the example that you just mentioned where you're just honest and you're just giving somebody a compliment and they can take it in X, Y, or Z way, when you speak from feeling and honesty and just um, with, with no other intention than that is what, what you – with the, no other intention than that which you put forward – the person will actually feel what you say before they hear the words. Mm. And that for me is, you know, that's, that's where if we can reach that level, that'd be great because it will eliminate so, many, so much ambiguity. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it would be a great practice for more people to communicate that way. I mean, there's so much that we keep in. Yeah, I recently had a, a, a couple. Um, I don't often work with couples, but sometimes in the, the, the programs, in the development programs that I work with individual women, they ask me to do sessions where they and their partners are together. And I recently did a session with a couple where there was infidelity and um, there was an opportunity for both of them to share. And when the 
the person who has stepped over the line actually talked about it and said the things which he was hoping never ever to say, um, the response that he got from his partner was so unexpected. And it just made me realize again that we think that we're not supposed to say things. But actually, if you can come clean in a relationship, if you can just say what is there, the, you, when you, when you, especially when you're in an environment where there is somebody that loves you, um, it opens the space for so much more consciousness to um, evolve. Would that be the right way? The right way to mm -hmm. put it, but between two people, if you can, if you can be open and honest to that extent, even when you talk about things which you know you don't want to say it because you don't want to hurt somebody, um, and you you angry with yourself, and when you can come out and you can say it, there is something that happens that's very magical in a relationship. And when when in a couple, if people can share something to that extent, the possibility of what can happen in a relationship is amazing. So for me, I hope that answers your question. But <laughs> it does. And to carry on then from the question earlier about living a conscious life, how do you maintain a conscious lifestyle for yourself? What are some practices that you do to stay awake? Uh, my partner and I are kind of in the same boat with us. So um, though the people who know my story, your listeners won't, but for the people who know my story know that I'm married for the third time. The first time I was widowed. The second time I was, I got a divorce and I was with a partner who was amazing, had a lot of integrity. Mom always said, I find these amazing men. Um, but even though I was in a relationship for him, with him for a very long time, it, uh, we were not growing together. And I've chosen a path of growth, which for me is a big part of what makes a relationship conscious. So um, at that time, I left my relationship to go find myself in the world. And when I partnered up with my current partner, um, I felt that I'd met my soulmate. It came really unexpected after I decided I'm never, ever going to be with a man again. And in our relationship, we put in a lot of effort. So in the relationship, um, we spend time sharing a lot and we especially talk about our expectations, sometimes for simple things like what are we doing today, so that when that comes to communication and potential conflict, we can avoid as much of it as possible um, in in helping each other to meet our expectations rather than uh, being in conflict with each other's value systems. For, so for me personally, um, sharing, I'm, I like to do things by myself, for myself, and I'm quite focused and performance driven. So it's a, it's a commitment every day to spend time to feel what's in the field for me, spend time completely alone and connect with what I feel. And then work through that. I write. Um, and like I said, I sit with my partner in the morning and we do what we call a little reality check expectation for the day. <laughs> and we will both pick one or two things which we will help each other with to try and achieve before the end of the day. And at the end of the day, we kind of evaluate. We look back and say, well, this worked and that didn't work. And it sounds like a lot of stuff. It's not once you're in the habit of it, but at the beginning, it takes a little bit of effort to make the time to do that every day because it, it is it's a commitment in time uh, some people go to gym 
Um, other people will m maybe sit and meditate. For us, it's something that we do together because we feel we're in this growth, on this growth path together. Mm, nice. Adele, we need to take a short break to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. So hang in there. Today's episode is being brought to you by affiliate partner and sponsor Touched and Transformed. Touched and Transformed is headed by Ben Saltzman. He's a leading expert in using the Enneagram for both personal and business breakthroughs. And he's here to help you do just that. Break through the limiting aspects of your personality type. Now, there's a ton of free stuff available to you at Touched and Transformed, and they include a free Enneagram assessment test to determine your type. The Enneagram, in case you don't know it, it maps out nine personality types and how each type pushes people away and sabotages relationships, both personally and in business. So if you want to take it further and get some coaching around your type, go to the link that you'll find on my website. He's also offering a free webinar on Enneagram Transformation for Business Success. Now, Ben's been my personal coach, so I can tell you from experience, there is no doubt he really knows his stuff. Take the assessment and register for the webinar at the link you'll find on my website. That's www.michaelneely.com, or the link will be also on my show notes. Thank you, Ben, for sponsoring today's episode. Adele, how does the work that you do help others to live more consciously? Women, when I connect with them, are often in situations where they look to their relationships and their partners to solve their problems. So the type of women I work with is also relevant to share is they they women who are starting to experience some form of transition and often comes via an inner urge, a drive, something that pushes them. It could even be via their dreams. But what happens is things will start a change in their life and we grow up with this fairy tale where, you know, men are rescuing us <laughs> like um, knights in shining armor and we are the damsels in the stress. So a big part of the transition that these women go through are related to how they are actually becoming more independent and understanding that if they're ever going to be happy, they need to do that for themselves. But at the time that I connect with them, they live on this little round wheel that a lot of us start on you know we we trapped in the world and go to work the eight to five thing and these are all the things we taught that you're supposed to do to have a successful life so we try and do them but for those women it doesn't work especially when the inner evolution starts for them so what happens is they look to their partners and nobody has ever taught them that they're supposed to do them a lot of these things for themselves or at least where to find the answers and what do they do so part of my work as I look at it is um, you know the books um, that, I, that I publish and where I explain a lot of this to people and getting the message out another part of it is where I uh, when they find me I work with them through coaching programs but the the specific message that I I get across to them first and foremost because I meet them in their relationship space often. Because when I say to them, you know, if you you keep getting the same patterns, you keep getting the same problems to solve with all the stuff that's happening with women today and how we are supposedly becoming empowered, we think that we can make independent decisions and move on with our lives. But then we meet the next partner and we go through the same issue. So the, there's a point that they reach and they realize that but something else is 
is not right. And that's when I try and help them find a different way to interpret their relationship, how they can look at their relationship for growth, how they can look at their partners as people with whom they have contracts to actually evolve and move to the next level. And I think of all the different things that I do, that's probably the most important because it's the one thing that other people are not necessarily saying. And um, if I say not saying, a lot of a lot of people in my field, we all do development work, but mine is specifically focused on the relationship space where I give them reflection tools and I teach them about the true sole purpose of relationships. And once you start to look at your relationship in that way, then you realize, oh, Maybe I'm not supposed to leave my partner. Maybe it's not about the fact that he's the right or the wrong person for me. And rather look at the potential of how they can use reflection in their relationships to show them who they really are inside because they've got no tools to look inside. And that's when all the other the other stuff comes, how they connect with their purpose, how they find their voices in the world, how they evolve to that space where they can take their own voices into the world and make their contribution and access the the wisdom that women have. So for me, that's key. That's the, 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 the biggest contribution that I probably make in terms of how I help people become more conscious because once you have a benchmark, once you have something and you know how to interpret it because in relationships are dynamic and things change all the time, then you start seeing it in other areas of your life as well. So whether it's your relationship with your vehicle or you, whether it's your relationship with money or your relationship with sex, it doesn't matter. But the starting point for me is always the relationship and then we can take it out to all the other areas, almost like a, teaching them to be their own little urban shamans, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. Who are some of your go-to guides for conscious living for yourself? I, you know, in a lot of my work has been inner work. Um, I have had an incredible journey with dreams. I just started dreaming, and it's like going to school. <laughs> and then I wake up and I write down all this stuff. Um, even when I wrote my book, it just kind of 75,000 words, and it came in a week. It wasn't like I always wanted to write this book and there it was, the Can You See Me Naked book. Um, so it's hard to say because I will wake up in the morning and I will be aware of certain things. And then for that day, I will know who I need to contact um, and whether I think of the person or the person thinks of me, either, either, either which, which way it will happen for me and I will mm -hmm. connect with people. But it always comes from the inner space. If I needed a problem solved or if I had something that I can't see beyond my own fears or my own issues, uh, my own sister is a psychologist. We're very, very close. So I will connect with her and she'll just take me back to that inner space and then the answers will come. Um, through the years, there are so many books that I've read and people that I've spoken to, but never for very long, only one person. It's for, for me, the one, the one thing that's always the same is the fact that it always goes back to the inner journey for me. And, and often I will go to sleep, I will dream, and I will wake up. And that's where it happens for me. 
I want to know, this is a little bit of a different question than you're probably used to, but what is something that you hide about yourself because you think people wouldn't like you if they knew it? Um, it's Well, it, I won't say I hide it, but it's not the first thing I'm going to tell people. <laughs> I need to have some kind of relationship or, you know, trust built up with them because I my experience has been it can be scary for them. Um, I... I I often know what people think and I feel what they feel mm. as if it was me. So that can be quite overwhelming for people sometimes and scary to say the least, especially if, you know, they don't want you to know stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. No, what a What a great superpower to have. I love that. I don't know about a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I, but yeah. <laughs> I guess it really all depends on, on how you use it, what you do with it. It's always about how we use it. Yeah. So, what are you up to in the world right now that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, I've got a wonderful new little course that I put together. Well, a course for people who, who want to try coaching and maybe they've never done coaching before or they don't know if this kind of transformation stuff that I work with with is for them. Um, there's, uh, there's a, a website they can go to called www.emergingfeminine.co.za where there is a three-part um, let's call it a little project that they can do where there's a quiz that will give you more insight about themselves and a little mini audio course that will give them tools for how they can actually um, support themselves, understand more about this relationship mirror that I spoke about and how to use it, how to, how to experience more intimacy in the world and in their relationships and um, also just how to use their voice. A lot of women are very aware that they're supposed to do something, but they are so scared um, to take the first step. Um, it's very overwhelming and daunting for them. They just have this intense feeling that they're supposed to do something and they got no idea where, what it is. So, you know, there, there's no cost to it or anything like that. So if somebody wants to go and try that, they're welcome to. Um, and it's just something I thought of of um, putting out there because, you know, this, these days you don't get anything for nothing anymore. Excellent. So. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds wonderful. And I want to mention for our listeners who speak American but not English that the last part of that dot Z-A, that's Z-A, uh, just the oh, two letters. You. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I, you know what I'll do to make it easy, though, is I'll put the link on the show notes and on my website so that people won't even have to remember it. They can get quick, easy access there. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. So we've reached the end of our show, Adele, and I like to close with our guest leaving the listeners with a juicy pearl of wisdom, something actionable that our listeners could put to use right now to improve their lives today. So what would that pearl of wisdom be from you? Only when we fall deeper into darkness of life, to the point that we abandon ourselves, do we have a, a real reason to appreciate what is right in front of our eyes? And I think what I would love to share with the listeners is that you don't have to get to that point. The only thing that prevents you from knowing right now what has true value in your life is the beliefs that you have. So be aware of what you choose to believe. 
make sure that they serve you. Great, great words of wisdom. I so appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us from Johannesburg today. Thank you so much, Adele. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Consciously Speaking with me, your host, Michael Neely. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and a review. You can learn more about the show, check out the guest's bios, leave comments and feedback at www.michaelneely.com. Until next time, live without limits. Live without limits.